Hello listeners, welcome to my podcast Seekers. Thank you for sharing this time with me, your host Poonam Singh. This podcast is all about celebrating you. Be responsible is what our parents have always told us. But to be one all the way takes everything we got. Well, today we are going to uncover everything in between the choices and responsibility. Our today's hero is someone whom I know personally. She started her career in training, did a lot of professional courses over a period of time like behavioral training, NLP and emotional quotient. She is a voracious reader and very social in nature. Four years ago, she took a pause in her personal and professional life to become a full-time caretaker to her ailing father who is suffering from dementia. Please welcome Nidhi Shah. Thank you so much for joining us, Nidhi. You're welcome, Poonam. Thank you for having me here. Nidhi, so so it's yeah. been four years that you've taken a gap. I mean, you've taken a pause from your professional life. So what was your life before four years, professionally and personally? It was a full life. It was a life of a working woman, mm-hmm. corporate life, 10, 12, 14, 18 hours of working. My last couple of jobs were startups, so... I worked on the clock, I worked hard, I partied hard, friends, social life, normal, regular routine life, fun. So, um, did you, when did your family realize that your father was suffering from dementia? Uh, well, he was diagnosed with dementia back in 2011. Mm-hmm. But that was a very, very, very early time and, you know, it didn't really interfere with his daily routines. He wasn't uh, where he's now. He's at a very advanced stage. He's almost at Alzheimer's now. He's almost at the final stage. He doesn't pretty much remember us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, 2011 is when we realized. But back then, it was still manageable. When I say manageable, it means, uh, you know, he was able to figure out his routine life himself. He didn't need assisted living. He didn't need assistance. Mm-hmm. 2013 is when uh, it started going downhill. Uh, his he, he had like a double Grammy. November 2012, he lost his younger brother. Feb 2013, my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. So he had like, in a gap of three months, he lost two people that were very close to him. So that kind of triggered it is the word I would like to use. Yeah. And uh, it started going south from there. 2015 is when it became noticeably bad where he started fumbling with his daily routines. That's when we took over and we took him to doctors and went for proper dementia tests, you know, the the neuropsychoanalysis and all of that. And that's when we really started him on the medication and all. Prior to that, he was taking some medicine, but I think he was taking it on and off at best. Okay. And, uh, because we didn't, you know, the worst, the worst thing about dementia, and that's what every doctor, doctor complains, is that people usually put forgetfulness down to stress and life, and you know how with our hectic schedules we forget things. And dementia usually, the, the common complaint that you hear from all the doctors is that it's usually not detected unless it's bad, where it's already interfering with the routine life. In that case, also he knew he had it. He was taking medicines on and off, but. I guess none of us really realized the seriousness of it. 
So normally, Nidhi, what happens is if you have anybody, um, you know, ailing parents or anybody in the family who, who going through any sickness, especially if it's physical, it is visible. But in a right. case like this, uh, when it is a mental illness, you know, dementia, Alzheimer's or any other illnesses out there, it's very, very tough to see. Uh, you don't know what sort of uh, progression that you can see, what kind of symptoms can you see. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's very, very tough on uh, on the family you know as a, as a whole so how right. is it so how is this affected your family right so like you said see with dementia it's all unpredictable and unfortunately like other illnesses there are no stage specific symptoms mm-hmm. like in my father's case he's pretty much been an introvert so you know he's already always been someone who's pretty much in a shell and this has pushed him further in a shell that makes him emotionally even more volatile and unstable like literally punam one minute he's smiling the next minute he's crying one minute i'm his best friend i'm the best daughter the next minute i'm a sworn enemy it's a complete roller coaster of emotions and it's absolutely no control over his mind he's losing he, literally he's losing his mind and he doesn't know how to stop it he doesn't know how to deal with it mm-hmm. lets it out on all of us it's it's like vengeance that comes out on all of mm-hmm. us you know and then it's sadness also that we witness it's 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 crazy to say the least it's it's a roller coaster of emotions and it kind of how it affects us the family it affects us all in a very different way if i have to speak about my family specifically is the three of us the three daughters that he's got and yeah. some of my cousins my extended family who are tremendously tremendously helpful it's affected all of us differently i've been here staying with him on my own mm-hmm. so it's a completely different ball game for me for nupur the you know nupur yeah. friends she's yeah. in dubai she's very far away from here so there's nothing much she can do but at regular intervals when i really need a break i need to get out for a couple of days to you know re-energize myself poor thing flies down from there to give me a break of a week or two weeks and you know takes over it affects her emotionally i'm sure because it's a father and uh it, it takes a toll on her because to see the man of the house and suddenly he turns into a helpless vulnerable man who can't even do his daily routines on his own he can't even bathe on his own he can't even clean himself uh it's difficult it it takes an emotional toll on all of us but more yeah. than that my elder one she's financially supporting me so i'm able to sit at home so it's for her it's about ensuring that the finances are going strong mm. so that she's able to eat because yeah believe it or not the monthly expenses are like 75 to 80000 a month salary is 25 to 30000 a month plus there's medicines there are you know medicines the, the one of a couple of medicines which are like one strip is for 600 each so it, it it's it's an expensive affair plus with age his digestion his bowel control all of that's weak other medications yeah yeah it's it all it all it all expensive it's an expensive affair so my elder sister's got to ensure that the money keeps running and i'm sitting here day in and day out watching him dealing with him understanding the illness because it's different every day you know in fact uh, i i mean you know that i keep visiting your house very often right um right. and i've seen uncle for past what 10 15 years uh, especially till i think till about 2013 and 14 like you said you know he he 
he could recognize me we could talk we could you know we could have a conversation we could share a laugh or two while right. watching tv and having dinner um but over the past couple of years i have seen for him it is difficult to even recognize me i'm sure it is uh, and i know that for a fact that uncle has i mean he's not even recognizing you nupur or you know darshan or to that matter he yeah. doesn't recognize anyone and i'm an outsider but you know it it to see uh someone who is so you know i mean so uncle has always been very warm and always um you know affectionate and now i'm seeing this person a totally different person who you know he would just sit in one corner maybe even not he may not even step out of his room if i am around in the in the hall you know i've seen that too yeah. so it, yeah. it's very heartbreaking to see and you are is. you know and i i just wonder how did you even decide to be a full time caretaker and really what really made you take that step so, it it is it was a very simple decision for me honestly poonam because i think we all are differently built and we all think differently for me it's always been my loved ones have always been my priority i mean you you if you see me working i work like a woman well bent yeah. you know so i've seen i know people who've seen me working people who know me at work for them it they they just couldn't take it. they just didn't understand my decision of just dropping the ball on my career completely i, I was at a general manager level you know so i was i was at a very good position i had it all going for me and then i had to just drop it wasn't a difficult decision for me honestly because like i said for me it was about family first i can always pick my career up later but it that's just the one father i have and uh, i i didn't really know back then what entirely i was i didn't know the huge whale that i was dealing with <laughs> unfortunately the awareness around dementia is very poor in india so there was no i i didn't know what i was dealing with and uh, all i knew is that he needed me all the time yeah and uh, he was cranky if i wasn't at home and uh, when i came home he was you know there was lots of complaints and screaming crying and uh, when i was away the caregiver was calling me constantly because that's throwing tantrums and i would have to come running home all the time yeah and it reached a point where he would just cry he would just fall and sob so uh, you know and he cries and then i'm just dropping everything and running back and that was not there to work as well i mean yeah. i wasn't able to do justice to him or to my work and which is when i decided him over work when i look at your family what i see is that you three sisters are the man of the house y'all take decisions run the house on your own and it's very very inspiring i think this is all to do with also how you were raised you know by your mother she was very very independent um and she was way ahead of her time it's really inspiring nidhi we've never had to face discrimination you know you're a daughter so you must behave like this what is it like being with a patient of dementia i mean did anything happen that really scared you <laughs> lots okay <laughs> lots you love <laughs> what is like being with a patient of dementia it is a roller coaster ride like i said a little while ago punam it's it's a complete roller coaster ride one minute he's so there's again he has lucid moments where he knows where he remembers where he realizes and then he doesn't then there is no 
you know, warning that comes to me that, okay, I'm about to have a lucid moment or not. I've had some really funny moments. I've had some really sad moments. And so we've, we've dealt with situations where he's scooped poop out of the pot instead of flushing it and thrown it out of the window. And I've had people screaming and coming. Really? Like out of the window? Yes, he suddenly went all caveman, forgot the use of plush. For whatever reason, he would scoop it out and throw it out of the window instead of just flushing it and letting it go. So we've had that. We've we've had situations where he so he would need his routine. I was medically advised to allow his to follow, allow him to follow his routine as much as he could. Mm-hmm. So we would let him go to office. He was used to going to office, which is like a five minutes walking distance yeah. from our home. Yeah. He was used to going to office. He would go morning, come back afternoon for lunch, rest a bit, go back evening, come back night for dinner. Yeah. So that routine we were allowing, but mm-hmm. it reached a point where I, I couldn't send him on his own anymore because he would pick up fights with people outside. That was scary because, you know, if somebody hits him back, yeah. thankfully we didn't have any such instances uh, except for one where I had to go running and he, he was into fist fights with some people and I started getting calls from office and I had to run there and explain the situation to them. Uh, and you know, stop it and get get them to realize that my father's mentally unstable and uh, he's ill and he didn't mean to be abusive, but and that he didn't even realize that he was abusive. That's that's how bad it gets sometimes. So that was one. Another was he he just I don't know. He must have woken up sometime in the middle of the night. It was for him now the day, night, date, time, space. All of that is meaningless. He doesn't realize necessarily yeah. day and night. He wakes up when he wakes up, he sleeps when he sleeps. There's no routine. Mm-hmm. So thanks to him, I have a routine also. So he must have been up in the middle of the night. He must have... He was used to back then making his tea. My mom was not an early riser, so he would make his morning tea himself. Yeah. He'd wake up at like 7-ish and make his tea. He must have woken up in the middle of the night because he wanted, you know, that something must have struck him and he tried, must have tried making tea. And this is all, I'm just guessing because there's no way of knowing anything for a fact. Mm-hmm. But when I woke up, I, I woke up to the smell of gas in the entire house. So he must have switched it on and then he must have not lit it and just left it. He must have forgotten that he was trying to make tea or whatever because I could see the utensils around there. So I, mm. I'm assuming he was making tea because that's what he uses to make tea. Hmm. Uh, but he didn't end up making it he just left the gas on and he must have gone back to his room and the whole house was reeking of gas and oh my god god forbid if he would have lit it and we would have okay. gone blowing all the way to heaven so yeah we've scary yeah we've had lots of scary moments we've, we've got a lot of funny moments sad vulnerable moments he's even he's lucid there have been times when he's even he's cried he's begged of me to kill him yeah it uh, bad conversations really bad conversations where he would beg like literally he would join you know he would hold my hands and he would beg cry sob sob like a baby and say you know just kill me Nidhi just kill me because he realizes that he's not himself and he realizes what it's doing to him and to me. He cries. He'll tell me, Nadia, I know I'm spoiling your life. 
you put your life on hold because of me your life is all spoiled because of me he blames himself mm. you know a lot of the anger is very self directed but he doesn't know how to deal with that anger so it tends to come out of us you know the ones who are around him he's just so angry with life he's just so angry because he doesn't necessarily he's in his control yeah yeah he can't control he's got no control on his head and there are times when he thinks i am mad because he thinks there's absolutely nothing wrong with him he forgets that he forgets <laughs> and he thinks i'm being ridiculous so i i sometimes i'll watch him watching me like i've lost my marbles because of giving him all these medicines and i'm you know trying to figure out what he just said so he may say something which makes absolutely no sense he'll say gibberish like he'll look at me and he for example while he's eating you know he'll say give me a ball pen what he means is a spoon but he'll say give me a ball pen and uh, then when i look at him and i'm like why would you need a ball pen while you're eating food you know <laughs> so it's it, it, and then he's giving me a weird look as in what the hell is wrong with you i asked you for a ball pen ஒன்னோ he's not necessarily able to articulate what he's really feeling so there have been times when he may have fallen down there was one time i remember oh my god i went to his room because he didn't come out he usually is out of his bed and out of his room at 8 and he's pottering around the house and then he wasn't so i went to his room at the sight that creeps me he's lying down flat on his bed still not moving his entire face is caked in blood oh my heart fell down wow he must have fallen down sometime in the night and he must have cracked his nose he had you know cuts and bruises and he must have and because he's a heart patient he's on blood thinner so the blood doesn't clot so he kept bleeding and he didn't even call me i was in the room next you know yeah. i was like in the same house and this has happened a couple of times there was one morning i woke up and i see blood on his pillow and i'm like what the hell happened and that's when i go you know he's sitting at the on the sofa and then i realized that there's blood on the pillow and how and then i go and check his head there are there's a cut there there's a deep gash there i immediately rushed him to the hospital so you know it's it's he is so he doesn't like this get the sense of he, that he's being hurt i mean he doesn't get those senses he 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 senses that he's hurt but he doesn't call me he because sometimes he doesn't call me because he doesn't realize where i, I am okay Okay. Sometimes he doesn't call me because he is lucid and he realizes that he's troubling me. He blames himself okay. for my life. He blames himself for everything that's going on, you know. So he feels he's a burden on me. He feels he's troubling me so he doesn't want to call me when he's in pain. So you know, he, he there's there's various things and various reasons. So, you know, it's it's like I'm dealing with a small little baby. Yeah. Who, doesn't know what's coming or going and i got to be on the alert all the time and uh, yeah that's that's how it is so yeah scary moments lots this but sounds very uh, honestly it sounds very very uh, scary it sounds exhausting yeah. it sounds impatient it sounds it sounds short temper and so many things at the same time 
Nidhi, but I also know that you know you during this last couple of years you have actually uh, you you guys I mean you know your family has met couple of experts and you personally also have gone ahead and met a lot of experts on um, on the dementia and you've also obviously we all Google it you've done that as well so mm. in, in a nutshell if you have to you know do you know what really causes dementia and can it be prevented? Ah, uh, there is no cure so to speak for dementia i don't know about prevention no, there, are, there are articles there are articles around it so there are, there are lots of articles so it's basically it's like a muscle right if, yeah. for example if i fractured my arm mm-hmm. and uh, if it's been in a cast for a long long time and then i take the cast off i need to go through some physiotherapy to ensure that the muscle moves the right way again yeah. because the muscles not used to movement so it it, it is very painful yeah. likewise the brain muscles right so the muscles if you I the there's no set theory but from what I've heard from all of them is that to ensure that you keep your brain active okay uh, you keep doing exercises you know there are various things you google it there's, there's tons of things out there there's there's nothing definite uh, punam unfortunately yeah. things some things work for some I I even read about this whole theory around this virgin coconut oil and you know couple of spoons a day I've read uh, about this one case study where uh, the person claimed uh, this is someone in the US mm-hmm. I uh, you know the person claimed that it reversed the signs uh, well I've been but maybe he was in his early age also right I mean he very was very early young, stage young. he was in a very early stage stage uh, okay. well I've been giving papa the coconut oil since then it's two years now and I'm yet to see any reversal so you know it it it, it there, there's a lot of uh, permutation combinations that can go differently for different people. So the one thing I would recommend uh, is that, you know, keep yourself active, ensure you exercise your mind because it's all muscles. Ultimately, it's all muscles. Yeah. Right? Sure that there's food that could affect, there's uh, bottled up emotions that could affect, there's a lot of, you know, negative behavior that could affect. You know, since we're talking about your father in in a state of dementia and we know that there are hereditary you know things that happen we we carry a certain disease or there's a hereditary impact do you have this fear that either of your immediate family members may get this in the future oh yes yes we do because the doctors have also told us that we are pre-genetically disposed so if my father's got it we are pre-genetically disposed not necessary that we get it so here's the thing about fear Poonam I could either use the fear to channelize my energies and ensure that I fix it and you know ensure that I do what I have to do to you know not get it or I can let it become the chain that holds me down and pulls me down. I'm not someone who's going to let it pull me down. So I'm going to do what it takes. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. I I ensure that I stay active. I ensure that I'm, you know, solving Mensa puzzles, Sudoku for all I care. <laughs> but yes, I, I stay active. I keep myself active. I keep myself upbeat, positive, going all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever uh, alternative treatments like the coconut oil or, you know, those kind of things I am doing them already so I'm doing what I can do best what has to happen will happen let's see now you know you have been off work you have been you don't even I mean to what I understand you don't even have your social life anymore 
you know we have no. been in lockdown for the last what eight months or whatever five six months yeah. and i think you have been in the lockdown the longest so how has it affected you what has what changed for you specifically in this transition from you know your own life to now being a complete and full time caretaker my whole life changed poonam my whole life changed my whole oh. life currently is literally on hold yeah like my career is on hold i can't work so i i did take up a job in between you know i took up a stint for 3 months for a friend's company and i was traveling the, he's got companies in uh, delhi calcutta hyderabad yeah and i was traveling and uh, it was crazy every two minutes i would get a call from dad at like he's used to me being there for him and he's used to you know reaching out to me all the time so yeah. there were days when he would call me every two minutes he would call me like back to back 20 times he would cry and you know i realized that not happening so i quit and came back uh how it affected me well like i said my currently my life revolves around him mm-hmm. him and only him there's no space for anything and, but him yeah there's no space for myself i i don't remember last when i went for a coffee with a friend Mm-hmm. I don't remember last when I went out for a movie. So yeah, uh, it does it does frustrate me sometimes. It does make sure. me sad, make me angry, make me wonder if I even took the right decision. You know, I probably even gets you depressed to do it. Yeah, it, it probably even uh, pushes depressed. you to depression. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had a phase. I had a phase where I was hitting rock bottom initially. I didn't know how to deal with him. I didn't know. Thankfully I'm a behavior trainer thankfully <laughs> you know oh, you're yes yeah I'm an emotional intelligence coach and NLP practitioner and all of that so all of that is what helped me pull myself out of the darkness that I was you know facing as a caregiver but yeah it takes it takes it takes a lot you know this is one illness where more than the patient himself it's the caregivers yeah oh my god it takes a lot out of them like I am I'm telling you this my you know my dad's doctors so we take him to a geriatric psychiatrist every 3 months mm-hmm. for follow up you know and every time the psychiatrist have asked for so my sisters once in a while when they can they do come along otherwise it's it's the the psychiatrist have always told me that nothing more than him we are worried about you because he will forget you can and you won't yeah you know so for you to deal with it all it's important so it it takes a lot out of me emotionally physically i have to be alert all the time yeah i i don't remember last when i slept well you know i used to be someone who could sleep through drum rolls now i wake up at the slightest of a squeak so it's it's i i have You're more alert right now yeah i have to be because it disrupts my entire i have no routine yeah i i have no Like I said, I have no life of my life of your own. Yeah, yeah. I have no life of my own. It's just it's affected me physically. If I have to talk that emotionally is one whole thing. Physically also it's affected me because lack of sleep. Uh, I'm tired all the time. It's exhausting. It's mental exhaustion burns me out. Uh, you know, and then physically I'm drained. because i'm not sleeping well my immune system went out for a toss i've had for the longest time i've been unwell there was there was a whole month i remember last year august the whole month of august 
Out of 31 days, I've had 102 fever for 25 days. Every morning the fever goes off, every afternoon the fever comes back. I, I don't know how many tests I must have done and so everything's clear. So it, it, it came down to stress, it yes. came down to lack of sleep, it came down to uh, immune system going down the drain. Well, but if I have to do it again, I will do it all over again. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. But yes, it's it's difficult. It's difficult and you know, there's a reason why the doctors are more worried about me than him. Have you ever felt, you know, uh, that you want to be a little bit more selfish? I mean, the way you just, you know, I mean, what you said, the kind of frustration. Oh, yeah, I have my moments. Yeah, I have my moments. I have. Uh, But yes, I mean, I do wish that I could, you know, have a little bit of a life of my own. Mm -hmm. Because it gets, I mean... You know, if I have something else to do to step out, it would give me a diversion, basically. It would, you know, give me something else to think about. It would refresh my mind right now. And I'm someone who prefers intelligence. I love having intelligent conversations. And then imagine I have to sit here and have nonsensical chatter. That, you know, it it challenges you to the core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Um, It does. Once in a while, yes, I would... I would want a life. I would want a little bit of a life once in a while, yes. So during the same time, uh, Nidhi, that you know, you've been, um, you know, you've, you've changed. I mean, you have taken a pause from your professional life in the last four years. And what I also know for a fact that the way you're keeping yourself busy is um, that you have a, you created groups, right? You joined certain groups. Uh, I'm, you know, people with the similar, uh, in a similar situation as you. I've joined a group. It's yeah. it's it's this group for uh, caregivers. It's I'm, it's a WhatsApp group that I'm on. Okay. Um, but like I said, you know, unfortunately, the awareness around caregiving in India is very low. So there's not much that really. But I I am on other groups as well. Uh, on uh, Instagram and you know there's this dementia care thing. So yeah. I read up. And I read up a lot about dementia. I read up a lot around it. Uh, I, I While I'm on the WhatsApp group, right, I think there could be much more that there's a larger picture that I see. I want to, you know, I want to take it larger than that. I want to reach out. I, let's see, there are the plans. I want to reach out to people. And basically what I want to do is I want to have a platform where people can talk about all the different issues, experiences and how they dealt with it because the creative pool of ideas is what we need. Yeah. To even to keep you yourself know, my, engaged other than probably even just talking about the, the illness or um, you know the tips on more than that. Best, yeah. You know, it, it, no, see if we're talking about the experiences and what helped, we are talking about it, and that's yes. fine. But at least we're talking about the positive aspects of it and what, yeah. what helped, what yeah. worked. You know, so ensuring. So if if and the thing is with with dementia, with the same person, the same thing may not work in the next yeah. five minutes. Correct. So if I know that someone else had a similar situation, there won't necessarily be a same situation because it's different for every patient. Yeah. It's not, you know, the same. It's different for every patient. It's different for every family. It's different for every person. Yeah. But if we have a creative pool of ideas, you know, I can always try. There's 
that's all I can do, trial and error. What may work now may not work later. And also, if I know that someone had a parent who had, uh, like I, I read about this one person whose father would forget to swallow. So he would keep choking. Really? So now I, yeah, it's just forget to swallow. But that's a very, uh, it's a voluntary so action. Swallowing yeah. is a voluntary action. But because you do it so often, you do it thoughtlessly. You don't yeah. have to think about it. About it. Yes. Really. You, you just chew and gulp. You swallow. That's what you do usually. Yeah. But in, in, in his case, he would just forget to swallow. So he would just fill it up in his mouth and he would just keep it there and beyond a point then he would just start choking. So now I know, so because I've read about that, I know so when he's, when my father's eating, I keep a watch and I keep, I observe that his, you know, his throat is moving. Mm-hmm. So I, I can observe that he's chewing. I observe that the mouth is getting empty. Yeah. If it doesn't, I tap him and I'm like, Papa, chew, Papa. Mm-hmm. Also, it, it helps to be on these groups because it gives you, you learn from others all the different things. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it helps. Or the other way it helps is that, you know, it, it helps went out with people who will understand. Like, like imagine one day, like there was once when my father hit me and hit me so hard and I pushed him. And thankfully, I, I was a of course, I was aware and I was alert and I pushed him such that he fell on his bed, but he fell down. I had to push him that hard and later on I was feeling guilty and I was crying and, you know, yeah. it was just sad. I was just, I was just feeling like the worst daughter ever. But then I, I you know, I spoke with people on the group and, uh, you know, there were other people who said that we had to do the same and it's, it was required at that time. And it helps two went out so you know no if i imagine if i just walk up to someone and i say i hate my father yeah the person is going to judge me i'm going to be judged i'm going to be looked upon as the worst daughter daughter ever yeah but when when i speak with these people and if, if i mention that i screamed at him i had to scold him or i had to you know uh push him back they understand. I, f- I don't feel judged. And that's important for me. Yeah. That's needed for me so that, and I feel guilty, but, you know, talking to these people, it helps. And it does. that acceptance, yeah. Yes. So, so Nidhi, apart from, you know, uh, this group that you have in mind, this platform that you want to create, what other sort of future goals that you... Uh, are looking forward to or you're creating in uh, so I I'm someone who believes that everything happens for a reason Poonam mm-hmm. I believe that I'm going through this phase I look at this as a phase that's training me mm-hmm. preparing me for something big that's coming my way next so of course I plan on picking up my career as soon as I'm able to and get back to working. But apart from that, I mean, who knows? I may open a dementia caregiving center. I may open, you know, uh, maybe not a full-time uh, a facility where people can stay. Maybe that too eventually. I don't know. I don't know really. Oh, there's a possibility. But yeah, yeah. There is a huge possibility. And yeah. given my training background, given my... Uh, work experience and your life experience for now yeah yeah correct 
the combination of the two of them makes me uh, a st- gives me a strong base to yeah. be able to coach and counsel the caregivers the family yeah. members you know, I coach and counsel a couple of them as well it it helps and what i've done apart from these groups what also helps me is art and craft i i do i do yes. drawing my art is my meditation your crochet work that you do i've seen yeah, crochet art and craft doodling all of it i do a lot of creativity and you know since i'm not able to go out much i do things at home it helps me think about something else apart from father and his condition so it helps me channelize my energies and these are all the things that have kept me going for now these are all the things that keep me going and my sense of humor i love laughing i you, you've heard my mother laugh yeah you've heard all of her <laughs> laugh we laugh we laugh we have a good belly shaking laugh and that helps me my laughter keeps me going i'm able to laugh you know nidhi it's one thing to listen to your story and there's another to experience and live 24 by 7 and the fact that you could laugh on certain situations because you've accepted it all right there's nothing that you can do to change it so there's an acceptance that shows you have lot yes. of, i think you've gained a lot of empathy of course your Absolutely. your training background your you know you being a coach uh in you've been an nlp practitioner you've been um you know emotional intelligence coach that helps to a certain extent but everyone has their breaking point and what i'm seeing is the last 4 years there's a constant up and down the roller coaster ride that you mentioned but just mm. still holding on to it and believe me that is so inspiring to me right and i hope and i pray that whoever is listening to this podcast and if they are in a similar situation i mean please i mean if there is a group reach out to people and you know talk about your experiences learn to laugh and enjoy and just because you're at home it's not like you have stopped your life you are investing your time creatively and i have seen your work right i genuinely admire your crochet work thank you doodling yes because doodling is something that i probably may not understand but crochet oh my god beautiful beautiful things but before we go nidhi is there any message that you want to give to anyone ah uh, take care of them you know whatever they may have been good bad as parents whatever they may have been be there for them because no matter what happens no matter what you're here because of them you exist because of them and you know i i also feel this is something that i used to tell my sisters initially that be there for papa right now because regret can be you know part of my friend but regret can be quite a bitch you know it can yeah. really kill you yeah i rather i today i know punam that you know whenever dad passes on and moves away from this world i know i'm not going to have any regrets because i know i've done everything i could for him yeah believe me tomorrow when that regret catches up with you and the person's already gone there's nothing much you can do about it yeah so make the most of what you have while you have it like in my father's case also you know what what my sisters and i we have this thing it's it's no longer about him remembering us it's about us creating memories so we have some funny moments he does some really sweet and cute and funny things 
there is once where two in the morning he was you know wearing this the 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 the, chadar, the, the blanket he wrapped it up like a dhoti around him and you know it was so funny it was so cute and i clicked photographs of him and it sent it across to my sisters and it's about memories it's about building the memories so build your memories while you have them yeah illnesses will come illnesses will go some may take the person with them but you know live live every moment that you have while you have it that's the one thing that's kept me going as well and it is what it is just accept you know we all have our ways of things generation gaps can come between us but it doesn't necessarily have to change the fact that we are loved ones and if we yeah. love them we just accept them yeah or whatever they are and just do what we can while we can for as long as we can wow that's really really beautiful i mean at this very moment i you know i'm overwhelmed with the whole i mean of course i i i did know the background i do know you know uncle and yeah. i and you yeah, you you come here you been here you cause all yeah yeah but you know to like i said it is one thing to know and one thing to live and this is thank you so much i mean all i can say is that mithi thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of this podcast to most welcome to i'm more than happy well that's nithi for us you guys um i'm going to be sharing her um the articles that she writes i'm going to be sharing the link in the bio please go through so we've come to the end of the podcast and all i want to tell you is to keep creating memories until next podcast see you take care bye